Thank you for listening to the City Lights podcast. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. We hope you enjoy the message. All right, good morning. How are you guys? All right. Uh, Adam just said this in the announcements, but thank you for your faithfulness and your giving uh, to the work of the ministry here. Um, you know, we, we stopped passing buckets during the COVID season, um, you know, because we're all trying to be whatever. And uh, yeah, if I could redo last year, I would do some things differently. But um, actually, we never started passing the buckets again because we realized that giving didn't dip down because we stopped passing buckets. And that's because you people take tithing seriously and you found us. You gave anyway. So we thank you for your faithfulness. And uh, I just want to say, if, if you do have, you know, you want to fill out a physical envelope um, and drop it in the bucket, we, deal, we do still have those in the foyer, but you do that on the way out. You can find that in the foyer, drop it in the bucket out there if you still like to write out a check and all that good stuff, all right? So, but thank you for your faithfulness in giving. Um, we actually, last year, we didn't see a decrease in giving, 2020 and 2021. We actually saw an increase, which is amazing. So thank you guys so much. Um, you are an amazing generous church, and I know the Lord is going to bless that. Okay, Uh, we are in a series called Builders of the Wall. The question we've been asking in this series is, what do healthy, life-giving churches look like? Why am I preaching this? I'm preaching this so that we can, it's kind of a vision casting series, like this is what I want our church to look like. I want our church to be healthy, life-giving church. Um, Let me do a quick review um, part one, we talked about the five-fold ministry. Okay, if you didn't hear that message, go back and listen to it. But Ephesians 4, 1 through 13, uh, 1 through 12, I should say, says this. So Christ himself gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, and teachers to equip his people for works of service so that the body of Christ may be built up. Okay, here we have a definition of what it looks like for the body of Christ to be built up. It looks like being equipped. Equipped to serve, equipped for service, okay? Um, imagine, uh, how many here have served in the military before? Served in the military, thank you. First of all, thank you for your service. Um, but imagine, imagine you went into the military and they, you know, you do boot camp or whatever and then they're like, okay, go out and fight now and they don't give you any weapons. Right? That wouldn't be a very good deal, would it? No, we, want, we have to equip, uh, train and equip soldiers to, do, um, to go out in the battle. Okay, so as Christians, we want to be equipped. And how does that happen? That happens um, from Jesus' model of ministry, the apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, evangelist, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. Okay? Imagine being a framer, and you didn't have a hammer, saws, nails, or wood. Okay? Or whatever your job is. Whatever your job is, I'm sure there are tools you need to do that job. Imagine doing that job without being equipped for that job. So we want our people to be equipped. Okay, so this is Jesus' model for healthy churches. Uh, so if you didn't hear that message, go back and listen to it. Is this mic okay? It's kind of like feeding back a little bit, right? It sounds good? It's okay? All right, they're working on it, all right? So if that doesn't go away, I'll grab the handheld. Um, So that was part one. Part two, uh, we jumped over to the book of Nehemiah. In the book of Nehemiah, the Bible talks about Israel's return from uh, exile and and from Babylon. And Nehemiah was tasked with overseeing the rebuilding of the walls 
the wall around Jerusalem. How many know that in the ancient world, walls around cities were really important, okay? So Nehemiah goes and, and, and oversees the rebuilding of the wall. Nehemiah 3 details who built what sections of the wall. And in Nehemiah uh, 3, there are 10 gates, 10 gates that are listed, okay? And I mentioned this last week, but I was reading this a few weeks ago, and this is where I got the idea for this series. I'm reading Nehemiah, and just kind of out of nowhere, I look at, I look at Nehemiah 3, and the Holy Spirit drops this idea in my mind, or my heart, whatever. He drops this idea, and I'm looking at it, and the question is, what if the 10 gates listed here are a prototype or a prophetic picture of what healthy, life-giving churches look like? And, and as I read through it, the shoe fits, okay? And I said last week, I don't know if this is a timeless message for all churches or if this is just some, a message for us to help us continue in this trajectory, but the shoe definitely fits, okay? So we've been going through that. Um, last week, we talked about the first gate, which was the sheep gate, okay? The Bible uses sheep as a metaphor for Christ followers. How many Christ followers do we have in here? Okay, if you didn't raise your hand... Okay, come on, all right. The Bible uses sheep as a metaphor for Christ's followers. He is the good shepherd, and all of us are the sheep of his pasture, okay? Um, how many know every life-giving church needs to meet the spiritual needs of God's flock? Okay, that's what we do here. We try to meet the spiritual needs of God's flock. Uh, ministry could be defined as this, meeting people at the point of their spiritual need. Okay, so that's the sheep gate. This week... We're going to talk about the second gate. We get this from Nehemiah 3, verse 3. It says this. The fish gate was rebuilt by the sons of Hanasseh. They laid its beams, put its doors and bolts and bars in place. Okay, this week we're going to talk about the fish gate. Everyone say fish gate. Okay. Last week when we were talking about the sheep gate, I asked the question, which of the fivefold offices, the, the apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, and evangelist, which one of those people, individuals, would be the gatekeeper for the sheep gate? And someone quickly answered, pastor. Why is that? Because pastor and shepherd are synonymous terms. Many translations of the New Testament translate, instead of saying pastor, in many cases, it just says shepherd. Shepherd. Pastors are shepherds. Um, they shepherd God's flock. Now, um, off the top of your heads, <laughs> which of the fivefold offices, apostle, prophet, teacher, pastor, evangelist, would be the gatekeeper of the fish gate. Bam. Evangelist. You got it. The evangelist. Now, some of you are like, how did that fish gate evangelist, how did you make that connection? Where did that come from? Okay. Um, Only people who know their Bible a little bit would know that. So the answer, not that, and you maybe didn't make the connection. It's it's fine. Okay. It's all good. The fish gate is the evangelist gate. Here's why. Uh, in the Gospels, Jesus uses fishing as a metaphor for evangelism. Okay? Matthew 4, 18-22, as Jesus was walking beside the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers. Simon called Peter with his brother Andrew. They were casting a net into the lake, for they were fishermen. Verse 19, Come follow me, Jesus said, and I will send you out to fish for people. At once they left their nets and followed him. Going on from there, they saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and his brother John. They were in a boat with their father Zebedee, preparing their nets. Jesus called to them, and immediately they left the boat 
and their father and followed him. Okay, so Jesus uses this metaphor in the New Testament. Many of Jesus' disciples were fishermen. A lot of them were fishermen. Okay, he used this metaphor. No longer are you gonna. No longer are you gonna catch fish. You're gonna catch people. You're gonna catch men. You're gonna you're gonna catch them and bring them into the kingdom of God. Okay, it, it would. Uh, so Jesus is making this uh, metaphor to connect to these fishermen. It would be kind of like this. Um, let's say uh, let's say you're a welder. How many welders do we have in here? Any welders? We had a few welders. Okay, cool. Right on. It'd be like this. No longer will you do metal fabrication. From now on, you will fabricate men to know God. Okay? Or let's say, do we have any firefighters in the room? Firefighters up anywhere. Okay. It would be like this. You've been saving people from burning buildings, but now you're going to snatch people from the flames of hell, bring them to the kingdom of God. Come on. All right? So, uh, or let's say you're a real estate agent. Do we have any real estate agents in the house? Chris's art. She was, yeah, she'll be in the foyer. Chris will be in the foyer. Just hand out your cards. Okay. So Jesus might've said this to the real estate agent. You've been bringing people into their home, but now you're going to bring people into the house of God. Okay. So he used this metaphor to connect with these fishermen. So the fish gate is the evangelist gate. The first thing a life-giving church has to do is provide the spiritual, need, spiritual needs of God's flock. That's the sheep gate. The very next thing a life-giving church has to do is open the evangelism gate. Okay? We should never lose sight of the fact to evangelize and to reach people with the love of Jesus. Um, churches that don't have evangelism will eventually die off. Churches that aren't reaching people, reaching the next, next generation, um, they will eventually die off. Unless, like, everyone has a lot, a lot of babies, you know. <laughs> then you just, it's evangelism by multiplication. <laughs> but, but let's suppose, yeah, I mean, hey, it's one way to grow the kingdom, right? Make babies. But churches, to be life-giving churches, have to have the evangelism gate open, Okay. Uh, this is why, listen, we do altar calls every week here. We have 51 services a year, 51 Sunday services a year. Um, we take the last Sunday of the year off. After, after Christmas, we give all of our teams and everyone a break. We take the last one off. So 51 services, uh, 51 Sundays a year, we are here. And I'd say of those 51, we, we do altar calls 50, 49, 50 times out of the 51. Almost every time, I would say. Our goal is really to do to give a, um, an opportunity for people who don't know Jesus, we want to give an opportunity in every service for people to know Jesus. We don't want to assume that everyone here knows Jesus, ever. We want to give opportunity for people to know him. So this is why we do altar calls every week. This is why we do outreaches as a church. We encourage our city groups to do an outreach every semester. If you're part of a city group, we, we, we encourage you to do at least one outreach every semester. Um, but more than anything, this is why we want to equip you, the saints, for the work of ministry so that you can go out into the world and spread the gospel. Listen, I, I've said this before, but it's not the job of the evangelist to do all of the evangelism. Okay? Sometimes I think we're going to church and we're like, it's the job of the preacher, it's the job of the evangelist to do, to do the evangelism. Listen, it's the job of the evangelist to equip the saints to do evangelism. 
Okay, that's what, that's what the fivefold ministry is for. It's not so that they, all their gifts shine on, on the stage. No, it's to equip us, the saints, all of us, for the work of ministry. Okay, so whose job is it to evangelize? All of ours. All of ours. Okay, um, are you a believer in Jesus? Congratulations, you have a job. A Christian should never feel like they don't have a purpose in this world. I, sometimes you, you, you hear young people like, I just don't know what I'm supposed to do with my life. I don't have a purpose. I feel aimless. Well, I just gave you purpose. Spread the love of Jesus. Tell people about Christ. Okay? We should never feel purposeless. Maybe your job doesn't feel very fulfilling. I get that. I've been in jobs where I'm like, oh, why am I here? You know, I get that. But listen, as long as you have breath in your lungs, you have a job to do. That is to tell people about the love of Jesus. And occasionally I'll hear old people. Like I've had, you know, grandmas that are like, I don't know why I'm still here. You know, like I don't even want to be here anymore. But God has me here for some reason. Like I want to go home to be with him. Just, it's, I don't understand that mentality, but I guess it happens at some point. Where people are just like, I'm done. I'm tapping out, you know. <laughs> but, but, okay. I've seen it all. I've done it all. Okay, and my answer to them is always like, you're still here. You're here, to, you're here to spread the love of Jesus. Or you're here to at least pray for me while I do it. You know what I'm saying? So, come on. So it's all of our jobs. Young, old, you have a job. You have a purpose if you're a Christian. Matthew 28, 19 through 20. This is known as the Great Commission. Go, Jesus said this. Jesus said this in the Word. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and then the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. Okay, this is known as the great commission. We've been commissioned with Christ and you've been given a mission, okay? And he says, I'm not gonna leave you. I won't forsake you. I'm gonna be missioned with you to accomplish this to the end of the age. This is the great commission, all right? What I wanna say to you believers today is it's not called the great suggestion. Okay? This is a command. This is the great commission. It's not the great suggestion. It's not, I really, really hope you do this, but if you don't, it's all good. Okay? No, it's a command. Listen, for those of us who have received this free gift of grace that Jesus offers, it is only a small price for us to pay to tell others about it. It's a small price for our Lord to tell others about this free gift we've received, okay? But listen, this is more than a have to. This is a get to. Shining the love of Jesus, talking about him, is more than a have to. It's a get to. Listen, birds get to fly, right? Whales get get to go deep into the ocean. You get to shine Jesus because you were made for it. It's who you are. It's who you're called to be. You're made to shine Jesus, amen? Okay, so my goal of this message is just to really call us, call us higher, call, call you into who you've already been created to be from the foundations of the earth. Okay, <clears throat> how many know that it's, it's possible to, to sin with your words? Have you ever sinned with your words before? I've sinned with my words before. My wife will tell you that. Okay, David said this. Psalm 39, 1. I will guard my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will guard my mouth with a muzzle. Man, some of us need a muzzle sometimes, don't we? <laughs> right? 
Don't forget your muzzle. All right. Okay. It's possible to sin with your words, but let me ask you a question. Is it possible to sin with your silence? Is it possible to sin with your silence? There's three, there's three types of, of trespasses. There's th- three types of sin in the Bible. The, one, the first one is there's sins of ignorance. Okay? Sins of missing the mark without even realizing you're missing the mark. This is much of the world. Much of the world lives in a state where they're, they're missing God's standards and they don't even realize it or care. But they're missing the mark. And we've all missed the mark. Um, the word sin in the New Testament, it's, it's an archer's term, and it just simply means to miss the target. How many know we've all missed the target? Okay, but many of us and much of the world misses the target without even, without even realizing it, okay, um, or caring. Let me give you an example. How many, how many people in here you hunt? You're a hunter. You like to go shoot things and eat them. All right. Those are hunters. And put the thing on your wall, the trophy, right? Okay, so um, let's say you're hunting and you have this boundary you're supposed to stay in to hunt and you cross over to private property. And there was a sign that said, no trespassing, private property. But you didn't see that sign and you ended up in this boundary and you, you know, shot and killed an animal on it. Listen, how many know that you, you trespassed, but you didn't realize that you trespassed? right? You sinned against that landowner, but you didn't mean to, you didn't even realize it, right? Or uh, how many times has this happened to us where you're, you're driving in a car, speed limit's 75. There was a sign that says 55, the speed limit reduced, but you didn't see the sign. If you get pulled over, the officer will be like, do you know how fast you're going? Like, yeah, I was going 75. Do you know what the speed limit is? Isn't it 75? No, it's 55. Oh, I missed the sign. Okay, well, listen, you still trespassed, you didn't, but you didn't realize that you trespassed because you missed the sign, right? Okay, so you sin against the local ordinance. Okay, that's an example of a sin of ignorance. Okay, we've all done that. Now then there's, that's the first type of sin. The second type of sin is sin, sins of commission. I knew what I was supposed to do. I knew what the Bible said about stealing, but I stole it anyway. I knew what the Bible said about lying, but I did it anyway. I knew what the Bible said about lusting. I did it anyway. Okay. How many have ever been in that boat? Where you, you, knew what the, you knew what the right thing not to do was. You did it anyway. Ever been there? You better raise your hands up in here or I'm going <laughs> to. You guys have done it. <sighs> All right. So sins of commission. You knew what you weren't supposed to do. You did it anyway, okay? There's a third type of sin, and this is the third type. There's sins of omission. You knew the right thing to do, but you didn't do it. You knew the right thing to do, but you failed to do it. James 4.17 says this, So whosoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it for him, it is sin. Okay? Let me give you an example. If you're, if you're walking past a burning building... You know there's people inside that building. You might run in. You might risk your life to go save those people. But at very least, if you, if you have a phone in your hand, you're going to call 911 and maybe grab a garden hose and do what you can, right? You're going to do something. But let me ask you this. What kind of a loser would just see a burning building, know there's people inside, and be like, well, i got to get to work, you know, and just walk right past it, okay? 
it's, a, it's the same thing with us. What kind of person walks by and does nothing? Let me make my point here. How much more should we, who have received God's abundant provision of grace, tell others about what Jesus did for us? Okay, for many of us, it's the sins of omission. All right? And listen, you can use your testimony to share Jesus. Your, your testimony, the way, the way that he um, impacted your life, what he did for you, use that testimony to tell us about Jesus. You don't have to overcomplicate it, okay? Um, now, if that building was, that was on fire is full of people who know Christ, at least their suffering would only last momentarily. But how many times do we pass by people who will suffer for eternity, eternal separation from God, because we just fail to tell them what we believe and try to witness to them. We don't talk about this a lot. And this, you know, maybe we should. But how many believe in heaven? How many believe in prayer? How many believe in the word of God? Let me ask you this. How many of you believe in hell? Hell, listen, hell is a reality. A reality we have to be talking about. That is part of the equation. And, but many of us live like we believe in heaven, we believe in prayer, we believe in the Bible, but many of us don't live like we believe in hell. And listen, there's a world out there who needs the love of Jesus, and all God is asking for us is to shine his love and to share the gospel and his good news in this world. Amen? <clears throat> for many, many believers are guilty of the sin of silence. Pastor Kurt, I came to church so you'd make me feel good. Well, listen, we all need encouragement. We do that every time we come together because life is hard. We encourage one another. But in this message, I want to encourage you to live up to your calling, to who he's called you to be. You're called to shine Jesus. You're called to tell others about the Lord. I don't want to be guilty of the sin of silence. I don't want people to go to hell for eternity because I didn't share with him the love of Jesus. I want to be a faithful watchman on the wall. Um, I tell this story um, every time we have a belong class, and that's our new members kind of uh, class. And I've told it a few times up here, but it bears, I think it bears repeating. Um, my, my wife and I, uh, we were pastors for nine years at a church in Loveland, and in 2017, we just felt there was a transition in our lives. We knew God was transitioning us away from that church, and, but we didn't fully know what the next step for us would be. And so um, <clears throat> one day, I'm out on a run, and I'm, I'm running, and I'm, I'm praying, like, okay, God, what do you want with my life? Like, I'll do whatever you want. I'll move somewhere. I'll stay here. I'll work a nine-to-five job. I can go in ministry at another church. My wife and I have this idea of maybe starting a church rolling around in the back of our minds. So I'm, I'm just praying about these things because I don't think, did, did Greeley not have enough churches that we started City Lights? Like, no, that's not why we started City Lights. It's not that Greeley didn't have enough churches. Um, so as I'm running and praying about these things, I have what I call the Rolodex vision. I have in, these individual, um, individuals pop up in my mind's eye. So like a man, a woman, an old man, an old woman, young, old, all different ages, all different ethnicities popping up in my mind's eye. <clears throat> and as I'm, as I'm running, I'm like, Lord, who, who is this 
Why are you showing this to me? Because I believe he was revealing these people to me. I wasn't just imagining them. And this is the Holy Spirit spoke to my heart. And he said, these are the faces of the individuals who will come to faith through your ministry. They're lost. They're separated from me, but they're going to come to faith through your ministry. And I, I knew right then and there that the idea that we'd had rolling around in the back of our minds was not just a good idea because Kurt needs something to do with his life, right? <laughs> I need to do something, you know, <clears throat> got to provide for my family somehow. No, it wasn't like that. I knew right then and there that the idea that we had rolling around in the back of our minds was not just a good idea. It was a God idea that, that he wanted to save people. He wanted to bring people into the kingdom. That's our why as a church. Like, why do we do this? Why are we here? That's, that, that's like what drives me. We do a lot of other great things. We like to, you know, a lot of other ministries, we do, we do a lot of great things. But everything we do, we want to filter through that why. Matter of fact, when people come to me and they're like, I have this great ministry idea. I always kind of like, well, does it line up with our why? You know, ultimately I want it to line up with this why. And so <clears throat> that's why we're here. That's what we're doing. We, and, I, and people ask me this sometimes, have you seen any of those people come through the doors that you felt like you saw them on the run that day? And I would say, yes, I've seen people like, I felt like that was one of the people that, you know, was popping up in my eyes. So we're, we want to reach this world with the love of Jesus. God has called us to start this church. Thank you guys for being part of it, by the way. <clears throat> but today I want to give you, I, I'm going to give you two practical, two practical ways to witness to people. Okay. The first one is very simple. It's the easiest way to reach people. Invite them to church. Just invite people to church. Why? Because if you can get them in here, we will share the gospel with them. Okay, if you could just get them in the door, we will share the love of Jesus with them. We've made a commitment to, do, to share the gospel. Nearly every week we do it in here. We, 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 uh, we share the gospel, as I already mentioned. Um, we've made a commitment to share the gospel, but let me ask you a question. Can you commit to inviting people to come to hear us share the gospel. Can you do that for us? Um, and I want to issue a challenge. Can I challenge you to bring one unbeliever to church before the end of the year? Would you, would you pray about that with me? Would you pray, God, highlight a person in my life, a neighbor, a coworker, a family member, whatever, someone that I can invite here before the end of the year, an unbeliever, to know Jesus. Um, and, and yeah, we, we have... Uh, people who came from other churches or they didn't have a church and they're part of this church. And you can invite those people too, obviously. Um, we don't want to, we're not trying to steal people from other churches because we're not in a competition with other churches. We're co-laborers with them. But, um, but I don't want to just reach the reached. I also want to reach the unreached. Amen? So if you guys would partner with us, uh, with us on that, that would be amazing. Pray about, seriously pray about who you can bring here uh, before the end of the year. One person. Um, they say that 90% of people who get saved do so in a setting like this, a church setting. Uh, and, and most people visit a church because someone invited them. So be an inviter. Okay, that's point number one. It's the easiest way to witness, bring them here. Point number two, how to do, uh, do win people to Jesus. Number two, witness as you go about your everyday life. Okay? Some people are called to go into all the world, but we're all called to witness as we go about, as you go about your everyday life. Um, we support world missions. Um, I mentioned, thank you for your faithfulness and giving. We take 10% of what comes in the tithe. We take 10% off the top and we give it to local, national, and international missions. So we, we sow in the missions. Um, we're, we're a missions church. And there are people in this church that we send out and they're called 
to all the world. So some people are called to go in all the world. Some people are called to financially send people out into all the world. But listen, we're all called to witness as we go about our everyday lives, okay? Um, a couple weeks ago, we had, we, had, um, we had lunch with Howard and Betty Skinner. They're amazing over here. Wave at them. Um, pastor Howard, how long have you been a pastor? Over 70 years. Okay, long way, yeah. This man has been a minister of the gospel for over seven years. We went and had lunch with them. And like, they're still on point. Like they're in their 90s now. They're on point. We went to lunch and, and, um, and Pastor Howard, you know, the waitress comes over and he says, hey, we're going to be praying for our food here in a little bit. Is there anything we can pray for you for? And the lady, you know, and just that question, by the way, you, you might get something that you can pray for. But by that question, you can kind of start a conversation and find out if someone believes or don't believe. You know what I mean? And many times that will open the door to pray for them or share the gospel with them. But like they're on point. So we didn't have any indication that this lady was a believer. But um, when our food came, I, I prayed for the food. And then I said, amen. And Howard made sure... And we pray for our waitress, and he prays for her and prayed, you know, that she would know the Lord. Listen, they're, they're in their 90s. They're on point everywhere they go, okay? They're thinking about this everywhere they go. They've been on point for 70 years. Okay, it's very, very practical. As you go about your everyday life, in your workplace, uh, in your home life, in your family life, um, you can share the love of Jesus. Okay, here's my goal. My goal that every person who calls City Lights Church their home, my goal is that every person here would know how to lead someone to Jesus. Do you know how to lead someone to Christ? And comfort crying children. (laughs) I'll say this. Even though it is true that 90% of people who get saved get get saved in a setting like this. So like this is an effective setting. We will say that. This is an effective setting. 90% of people who get saved get saved like in a church setting. Even though that is true, this is what I want to say about this. That's not supposed to be true. (laughs) Okay? It is true, but I don't believe it's supposed to be true. I believe most people are supposed to get saved out there in the world because people witness to them out there in the world. Amen? Okay? If a church is truly empowered to evangelize, most salvations will happen out there, and then you can bring them in here, and we'll help them on their journey with Jesus, okay? So um, my wife and I have been in full-time ministry for not 70 years, 13 years. <laughs> so, yeah. So we're, we're going. We got 60 more to go to, <laughs> to match Howard's record. Um, but we've been in full-time ministry for 13 years. Um, but 13 years ago, I was, uh, I left, I was a meat cutter at Safeway in Windsor. Cut me. I was a butcher. And, um, as a butcher, I remember like every day I would, I'd be driving to work, like, God, thank you for today. And I'd pray for the day or pray for different needs. And I always pray this, God, I ask for divine appointments. Would you send people across my path? Would you set divine appointments so that I could sow seeds into their heart, seeds of the gospel, seeds of Jesus into their heart? I'll tell you what, God honors that prayer because it blew me away how many times I would just ask God, send someone across my path who just needs encouragement, who needs to hear about you, who needs to hear the love of Jesus constantly. I would be sowing seeds 
into people's life. How many know that one person plants, another person waters, another person reaps the harvest? Okay, so many times you have to, um, people hear the gospel message and hear about the love of Jesus, you know, six, seven, eight, nine times before they make a decision for Jesus. So don't minimize even just, even just those little seeds that you sow into people's hearts. But as a result of this, I mean, I would have people who didn't really seem open to the gospel, but occasionally people come by and like, hey, you, you pray, right? I'm like, yeah, I pray. And they'd be like, can you, can you keep my daughter in your prayer? Can you keep my grandparents in prayer? People ask me to pray for all kinds of things. People who didn't know the Lord, like, hey, you pray. You, you believe in Jesus. You believe in the Bible, right? And those opportunities came by often. Another thing that I haven't been a meat cutter for 13 years, but to this day, I have people reach out to me who I used to work with from 13 years ago. And I've done, uh, I did a funeral of a, of a coworker that I worked very closely with um, 13, over 13 years ago. I did a funeral. I've had other people I worked with and they had family members pass away and they're like, you're the only person we know. Can you do this funeral? And I, listen, I love funerals because I always give the gospel. Like, I, I don't like them actually, but I love giving the gospel. And I give, I give the God, that's like my condition. I'll, I'll come to your, you know, I'll do the funeral for you. I'm giving the gospel every single time. Amen. Okay. So for me, it's a good excuse to reach people. Okay. <clears throat> what am I saying? I'm saying wherever you're at in your everyday life, you can sow seeds. You can witness to people. People will remember that a decade later and reach out to you. Cause many times you're the only, you're the only God that they know. You're the only, you know, you have God in your heart. You're the only source of, of God that they know. And many times, it can be decades later that someone will reach out to you for help. Um, I want to play a video um, of my friend Todd White. Um, many of you know who Todd White is. He is an on-fire evangelist. And um, I just want to play this to provoke us. I want to provoke us to live lifestyle evangelism. Everywhere we go, sowing seeds, asking God for those open doors. So if you would go ahead and roll that video. I'm on the job. I'm working. People hate me because of the name of Jesus. I'm giving them all the gospel every day. Doesn't matter. I have this guy. His name's Sonny. He's one of the guys I work with. He hated my guts. I mean, hated me. My first day on the job. Like, I, I meet him. He can't hear me. I tell him, Jesus loves him. He goes, get out of my face. That's what he said to me. I'm an ice delivery guy. So excited about the gospel. And he is just not excited. I said, dude, God loves you so much, man. What happened to you? Don't talk to me. I go, okay. What's your name? Sonny. That's not Sonny. This is Sonny. Get out of my face. So he's angry. He doesn't want to even talk to me. He hates my guts. So he's like, he's got the wrong picture of who God is. So I said to him, I said, dude, I said, I love you, man. What? He gets in my face. What are you? Some kind of blankety blank, 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 blank. Just cusses me out and gives it to me. I'm like, man, I'm telling you, man, dude, I used to hate people. I don't want to hear you. Shut up. That's what he said. So I'm like, okay, we're going to be working together. He did not want to hear it. So what happens? He's driving one of them big rigs, one of them big trucks, and you got to take the ice and you got to put pallets of ice in it. And so on through the day, you got to, you got a lot of trash build up in your truck and stuff. So my boss says to me, he goes, Todd, he goes, you know what I want? He goes, I want you to go ride with Sonny. 
I go, oh, bro, he don't want me to ride with him. He goes, it doesn't matter. He goes, I really need him to have a helper today. Would you help him? I said, I would love to help him. So Sonny is giving me flack because I'm like, hey, man, I'm working with you. No, you ain't. I go, yeah, I am, man, because you need help today. He goes, I don't need help. I go, please. He goes, no. He went to the boss, and the boss told him, you have to take him today. So he's like, don't talk to me. I'm like, okay. So I get in the truck, and it was, I had these, a disc with headphones on for those amazing little earbuds where I had the big fluffy ones. I put it in my, I put it in my truck, and, I'm, and we're jamming. He's listening to, like, nasty music. And I'm like listening to gospel music, loving Jesus in the truck. We get the whole way there. It's like an hour of uncomfortable in the truck. I'm not uncomfortable because I have a comforter. He doesn't have a comforter. So he's very uncomfortable. So we get to the first truck stop and we pull out and uh, he goes in and I go in with him. What do you need me to do? 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 And he's like, man, chill out. I'm like, just let me help you. Please let me help you. I just want to help you. Really? I'm not going to get thank you. I'm not going to get praise report. He's not going to pat me on the back and say, you're amazing. He hates me because he hates Jesus. And so I help him. We do all the stuff. I go out to the car and I see this road worker. It's a lady that has one of their stop signs. She's getting a drink. I said, hey, do you have something really bad with your back going on? I said, it's down your left leg. She goes, it's really bad. I go, can I pray for you? She goes, if you blank and want to. She's cussing at me and stuff. It's in the city. She's not thinking Jesus. She's just thinking, whatever, dude. Pray for her. She goes, what the blank did you do? Cussing at me, freaking out. Imagine that. She was not in faith. She didn't even care. I was praying for her. She's trying to get a drink, get back out there to the road. She gets healed. I said, could you do me a favor? She goes, I sure will. I said, my friend, his name's Sonny. He's driving the truck. If you do me a favor, when he comes out, could you tell him what the Lord just did for you? She goes, I blank and will. So she gets healed. She tells Sonny, he rolls the window down. She goes, he goes, what? She goes, you're blanking friend. He blanking prayed for me. She's cussing F-bomb this, all that. Speaking Sonny's language. <laughs> Yo, he prayed for me and Jesus healed my back and she's bending over. This is blanking awesome. He goes, puts the window up out of my face. He doesn't even look at me. I'm sitting in there going, It's for real. So we drive. He doesn't say a word to me. So I'm listening to the gospel. We get to the next place and I'm helping him. Another guy in a truck gets healed. Shoulder gets healed. I said, hey, will you do me a big favor? My friend, he's driving. His name's Sonny. He would love to hear what Jesus just did for you. If you don't mind, wait till I'm in the truck and go around his side. Because we're in a hurry. Now, he has to climb up on the side of the truck to get to the thing because it's, it's one of them big trucks. Sonny goes, he looks at me. He tells Sonny seven times that happened that day. First day. First day. So watch. Sonny is cussing me out. I am so blank and done with you. You're not going to keep doing this. I said, no, I don't know how many days I'm going to work with you. So he was so mad, so mad. We get back to the thing. Our truck is full of plastic and skids, and I'm a helper. So I'm going to go back there and clean the truck. So I go back to the back of the truck. I clean everything out. I get everything out. He, he's still filling out paperwork. He gets to the back. He looks in the back. It's completely swept clean. I didn't have to do that. See, here's the thing. As, as a Christian, you don't have to. You get to. 
That's why it's so sad when Christians work and don't want to do their job as under the Lord. They think it's just earning a paycheck instead of working under the Lord. You can do your job. You think your raise comes from people seeing you, but your raise comes from the Lord. So I get done. Sonny doesn't say thank you. He cusses me out again, walks behind the truck. You think, well, I'll never do that again. Oh, I'm going to get to do it several times. And when Sonny didn't come up to work because he called in or whatever happened, they'd let me take his route. So I'd go to his route, pray for everyone on the whole route, all the case and keg stores, everyone all day long. Do my job as under the Lord. Pray for people, see miracles, salvations everywhere. I would see between 10 and 30 people healed come to Jesus every day of my life on my job. Why? Because I'm a Christian, not because I'm a preacher, because I'm just a Christian. So Sonny come back to his job. He'd go back on his route. Where's that guy? We need prayer. Oh. Oh my gosh. So it's so crazy because I worked there for like a year and a half and then I put in two weeks and, and started in full-time ministry. It was amazing. But the last day on my job, I, I never put in two weeks before in my life. First time ever. It's amazing. Miracle, right, Jack? Yeah. So on my last day, Jared, my boss, says, hey, Sonny wants you to ride with him. I go, really? He goes, yeah, he wants you to ride with him. And he asked, he requested you today. He hasn't talked to me for a year and a half at all, ever. So we go on the first ride and the first stop is a case and keg store, friends of his. So we go and he knows the man and the woman. And I went in there and I saw the lady. She could hardly, she could hardly walk and he could hardly walk. I said, man, I said, I'd love to pray for you. She goes, now I'm fine. Sonny's around the corner. He goes, let him pray, ma. See, what you don't see is your life live wears people down. Love wears people down. They can't get away. If you just wouldn't lose heart, if you wouldn't give up, if you wouldn't grow weary in doing good, they wouldn't back off. They wouldn't back off. They would say yes to Jesus. If you just wouldn't give up, if you just go after this thing. So we pray. Sonny watches her get healed, her hip. She goes, he goes, how you doing, mom? He goes, she goes, I'm real good, Sonny. He goes, that's awesome. He said, thanks, man. Gives her a big hug because these people are important to him. We get out to the van or to the truck, I mean, pulling the truck. And Sonny looks at me with tears in his eyes. He goes, you know what, man? He goes, you're not shakable. He goes, I tried so hard. He goes, you're different, man. I go, no, man, I'm in love. He goes, shh, just hold on. I said, okay, what's up? He goes, man, he goes, I've had arthritis in my thumbs. Long time, man. Would you pray for me, man? I go, oh, dude, I would love to. See, what we think is that, like, maybe when we get here, that's not it. If you would see who God's called you to be, everywhere you go, everything you do, if you just stop living for you, if you just live for him, if you just surrender, if you just give God your whole life, God wants to use you. Come on. I'm going to have the uh, ministry team come forward and, and pastors. Yeah, let's do that. And why don't you guys stand to your feet? We'll, we'll conclude here. God wants to use you. And it's not just for Todd White. It's like for all of us.
we can all grow in this, amen? Romans 10, 14. How then can they call on the one they have not believed in? And how can they believe in the one whom they have not heard? And how can they hear without someone preaching to them? And how can anyone preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. We have the privilege and honor of bringing the good news of Jesus, the best news you'll ever hear to this world. You turn on the nightly news, it's all bad news, pretty much, because bad news sells, right? You and I have the privilege of bringing the best news in the history of the world to the world. Are you feeling purposeless today? You have a purpose. This is it, to shine the love of Jesus everywhere you go. We all have a job until Jesus returns. Every life-giving church needs to have the evangelism gate wide open. And I want to just commission you guys to go shine the love of Jesus everywhere you go. I'm going to pray for you. And then um, after the service, if you just feel like a stirring heart and you want to like just an impartation of the Holy Spirit to be launched into this, come, come talk to these, uh, these prayer ministers and they're going to they're gonna get you, all right? All right, so I'm going to pray. Lord Jesus, we love you. God, I thank you for every individual in this room, God. They, they are a weapon in your hand, Lord. Every person who has Christ in their heart, Lord, is a, is a weapon in your hand, Lord God. And I pray you would, you would wield us, Lord God, that you would use us to bring people into your kingdom, Lord. God, I just pray courage over every person, Lord, that you would help them, God, make that step to share, God. And thank you, God, that we have the comforter, we have the Holy Spirit, so we can do uncomfortable things. So I just commission you and I release you to preach the gospel, to shine the love of Jesus everywhere you go, in word and in deed. We just thank you, God, for your name. We thank you for the name of Jesus, the name that's above every other name, the name that every knee will bow before, every tongue will confess that he is Lord. But God, I pray that you would help us lead people that they would confess before the end of their life. We love you, we bless you, we thank you for today, God. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you guys. Thanks again for tuning into the City Lights podcast. We appreciate your support and we'd love to fellowship with you. You can visit us on Sundays, 10 a.m. at 4100 20th Street in Greeley. Be sure to check out our website at citylights.church where you can submit prayer requests, receive info on special events, and find our social media links. We're glad you could join us and we hope you have a blessed week.